0: Today's reading is from Luke chapter 2, 8 to 20. It's on page 1027, if you want to follow it. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid.
1: As you did to the shepherds long ago, please bring to us afresh today the joy in Jesus, our Saviour Christ and Lord. Amen. Christmas, God come in the flesh, joy, uh, and how do we celebrate? We'll share a meal, We'd like communion. Traditional shared meal with people you love, turkey or lamb, food and drink and wine. Togetherness, a happy family relationship. How do we get it? Well, we buy it, don't we, the television tells us that. Um, very straightforward. Scent. Uh, become irresistible for men or women. Uh, cars. Family car, full of a family doing exciting family things. Driving. Perhaps a man or a woman alone in a car, really enjoying life, laughing. Driving. Clothes, your Marks and Spencer. Food and drink, Morrisons, Waitrose, Sainsbury's, that nice little Bavarian delicatessen, anywhere. For Jesus, the scent was the smell of animals who last used the manger. The vehicle was a, a manger. Clothes, strips of cloth. Swaddling clothes, swathing bands, wrapped around. Food and drink, Mary. I once had a client in the Bath police station. Uh, it wasn't at Christmas, but he was uh, been arrested for a violent, domestic, uh, broken relationship uh, with his partner and with his child. And uh, he kept saying that he'd arranged to take this child, who was about six, to McDonald's for a happy meal over and over, we're going for a happy meal. And he kept telling the custody sergeant that he had the money to buy the happy meal, the relationship with his child. But he didn't get it because he wasn't. He didn't get it because he wasn't given bail. A happy meal, a bit like communion. I've got an obscure book here by an obscure theologian to read from. He talks about the real questions of life. prayer. For some, things are very difficult. There is sorrow in remembering. There is sorrow in remembering at Christmas. And that's a bit like communion too. There's another book, uh, Brave New World it's called, where the um, arch community songster leads community singing so that we feel better. And he has a collection of forbidden literature, including the Bible, locked in a safe at home, never gets out. Instead, there's soma, which is a sort of pill, better a gram than a dam, which is supposed to cover all our distresses and misfortunes, a panacea, like the beautiful blonde in Asterix, panacea. Instead, in the Bible, the angels give us good news of great joy for all people every body born to you a savior rescues us from sin offers himself as priest and as sacrifice once and for all a bit like communion Christ anointed to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth God's ruler in our lives Lord this is the Adonai word the word for God the word that says that he is it's God's name God Himself. God with us, relationship restored. This day, he said to the dying repentant terrorist, you will be with me in paradise. Restoration, reconciliation. So what about the shepherds? What does it say about them? Oh, they're in the dark. It's at night, literal dark an occupied country with an occupying power, 500 years since there was last a prophet or an angel saying anything to the nation, and they're out in the fields. It's been a long time. They're separated from other people. It's night, they're there on their own separated from most of the other people the last words of the old testament talk about reconciliation god's purpose to change hearts changing the hearts of the children to the parents and the parents to the children restoring relationships in his family inside out as i talks about people walking in darkness seeing a great light on those living in the shadow of death the light has shone and john One talks about the light shining in the darkness and the darkness not overcoming it. And they see something of the glory of God. And they're ordinary people. It's an unclean job. They're not learned people. In contrast, perhaps, they're ordinary shepherds to to Jesus, the good shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. They're not learned. But they were watching not like the shepherds in and the watchmen in Ezekiel, who weren't and didn't carry out the task that God had given them. Angel arrives, glory shines around them, glory, glory of God. What? What's that? Well, in the Old Testament, uh, there's the cloud, the Shekinah of God's glory, which is with the people um, by day the cloud that covers Mount Sinai when the law is given, but it's also a pillar of fire at night, light, protection from Pharaoh's army. The angel's message is don't be afraid, good news, Savior, Christ, Lord, born to you. Angel's messages usually have something to do with judgment and deliverance and a task, the angel that arrived at the critical moment for Abraham and particularly for Isaac, comes with there's judgment in there because there's a sacrifice and there's deliverance because he isn't actually killed. And there's a, there's a task because Abraham is told that in your seed all nations will be blessed. With the other angels in the Old Testament, Gideon, uh, Balaam's ass, the Passover, uh, even Peter in prison, there's judgment and deliverance and a task. And so they're given a sign What's a sign for? Well, the sign proves the message. It's a bit like a prophecy. If, if this turns out, as I say, then you better pay attention to what I've just told you about who this baby is, would be a modern translation, maybe, not translation. So it's very important. The sign will prove the message, not just a matter of getting the right baby, but of understanding something about that baby. There was a sign for Moses when he met God in the burning bush with the leprosy and it was healed. That made him not think, oh, this is exciting, but I better pay attention to the God that I'm encountering. And there's a task, certainly a task for Moses and a task for Jesus. And Jesus himself says, no sign except the sign of the prophet Jonah, and that's about resurrection and judgment and deliverance for the people of Nineveh and proclaiming the message that God gave. This particular signs in three parts and they're all fulfilled in the story. There's a baby born in Bethlehem, cloths and a manger. You'll find the baby. Yep, they found the baby, says so. Uh, Wrapped in cloths, why bother to say that if it's normal that children uh, of that age will be wrapped in these uh, strips of cloth? Perhaps to say he's not a rich baby, but it's not unusual. Why mention that? And he's lying in a manger. Now, that is unusual. You wouldn't expect a baby lying in a manger. You'd expect him lying in his mother's arms. doesn't say anything about a house, a crib, a stable, uh, a star, a lot of cattle, donkeys. It doesn't say that. This is a baby in cloths in a manger. And so they go and they did in verse 16 they did find the baby and he was lying in a manger. And the signs were all fulfilled. So pay attention to the message, the judgment, the deliverance and the task, a bit like communion really. What about the cloths? Why mention that? Luke mentions cloths three times and he's he's keen To make this clear, he says at the beginning of the Gospel that he's investigated things carefully. And he says in Luke 23 that Nicodemus and Joseph, when they were burying Jesus' body after the crucifixion, wrapped him in linen cloth. And then in 2412, Peter goes to the tomb, uh, and it's empty, and there are strips of cloth lying in the tomb. Crucifixion, resurrection. John 20 talks about strips of linen and a burial uh, cloth put around Jesus' head, which was lying by itself. And he talks in John 11 about Lazarus, his resurrection. There were strips of cloth binding his hands and his feet and wrapped, his face was wrapped in a cloth. And he says, take off the cloths and let him go. My chap in Bath Police Station, unfortunately, wasn't let go. He didn't get bail. But it's a different... It's a different level, isn't it? Liberty. So this baby is a real baby, feeling the cold of life, later to feel the cold of death, in burial, resurrection, a bit like communion, really. What about the manger? Well, it's a box, really, with two ends and no lid, Uh, open to to uh, to the animals to feed from, open to the sky. It's a bit like a coffin with no lid. Containing the bread of heaven for a time. A baby, you may think this is too much, but bear with me. A baby exposed on bits of wood. Between the ground and the sky. Between heaven and earth. Our saviour. And we're about to celebrate communion. So how did the people there celebrate? Joseph, he's there it says so verse 16 what did he do? have a look at it what did he do? absolutely nothing absolutely nothing he has faith he's listened to what Mary said and he believes it because he stays with her sees the baby born he believes what the angels told him Mary, what does she do? She treasures up these things in her heart and ponders them. She thinks about this child. We're going to do both those things in a minute, aren't we, in communion? Mary is later to see her baby crucified. Did she remember the words of Simeon the sword shall pierce your heart also? There is sorrow at Christmas, there's sorrow in communion as well as joy. Tim spoke last week about John 16, a little while you'll see me, a little while you won't see me. And he read the verse that says, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth has pain, but when the baby's born, she forgets her anguish because the baby's born. There's joy in seeing a baby safely born as well as sorrow for others. So what do the shepherds do? Verse 17, Uh, they spread the word about what the angel had told them. In particular, what the angel had told them about the child. So that's the message, that's witness. This particular baby really is bread with not taken out, really is no veneer in here, nothing taken out, nothing added, a bit like communion. And what they do is to witness, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to witness what we believe and what God has done when we celebrate communion. And they're glorifying and praising God for all the things that they've heard. That's worship. And then what do they do? The shepherds returned. Well, they went back to their nighttime jobs. They went to their every night jobs. We're supposed to take our knowledge, our meeting with God, and our experience in communion back, aren't we? Into our homes, our jobs, our works, everything that we do. Our experience of meeting God is a joy to get on with life. Amen. Amen.